Today is Saturday, February 25th, 2012, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, today is the 25th of the month, and it is the day that Our Lady gives us a message for the world. And for those of you that are new to Medjugorje, uh, Our Lady began to appear to six children in the former Yugoslavia. Our Lady came because she said that the world had a crisis of faith and was in need of healing of a, in this crisis of faith. And so Our Lady began to give messages uh, to these visionaries, uh, six of them. And then Our Lady began to give messages to uh, a local parish church there and a community of people who began to live Our Lady's message and put it into life to become the first witnesses of Our Lady's messages and how to witness this to others. And now Our Lady gives a message for the whole world on the 25th of the month. And so that's the message that a friend of Medjugorje will be uh, discussing with us tonight. And so as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Mary, come before you to hear your words, listen to them, not just you speaking, but with our heart and transform them into life. Please do so now and send the Holy Spirit and illuminate us with these words and what it is that you say. Our Lady, Queen of Peace and Reconciliation. Pray for us. August 25th, 1993, Our Lady said, Read sacred scriptures, live it, and pray to understand the signs of the time. You don't even really have to pray now. That was in 1993. She wanted us to be ready. She wanted us to understand the signs of the time. Maybe you ought to dig a little deeper, because at that time we had many things we were writing. In fact, we wrote, uh, I wrote the, um, the Seven Ovenas to Save Our Nation, and Dead by the World, which consisted of retreats, for that time, how many years have we done that? 19 years or so, 18 years? For the reconciling of ourselves, our nation, or rather our families, and our nation back to God. First us as individuals to convert, then our families, then the, na- the nation. And back then, I remember some people being a little bit negative about what was written in the prayer for healing our land. We didn't need healing. People were making money. People were progressing. People were making things. But they couldn't see 
They can see because they wasn't reading the scriptures. They were not in the understanding of what was taking place in the world. But this is after we've been to Medjugorje many, many times. We were able to see at that point that we had gone astray. In fact, the motivation to pray in these novenas to heal our country, our nation, our families, individuals, is because it was seen so clearly. And yet we have Our Lady coming now and telling us, you're blind. And so it is, we have the special message that Our Lady gives on this day. Helping us to make us understand that we still haven't advanced where we thought we have. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's February 25th, 2012 message to the world. Dear children, at this time, in a special way, I call you. Pray with the heart. Little children, you speak much and pray little. Read and meditate on sacred scripture. And may the words written in it be life for you. I encourage and love you so that in God you may find your peace and the joy of living. Thank you for having responded to my call. In this first August 25th, 1993 message I quoted earlier, or just at the beginning of the show started, it said, pray to understand the signs of the time. Our Lady goes on and says in this 93 message, this is a special time. Our Lady started today's message saying, at this special, uh, rather at this time, in a special way. Our Lady continues in her 1993 message, this is a special time. Therefore, I am with you and to draw you closer to my son and the heart of my son, Jesus. It seems so mundane. It seems so unimportant. It seems so repetitious that what we talk about each month. And yet every greater, every message is a greater depth and understanding of where we're headed to. It's interesting, Our Lady says, and it's a significant thing. It's not just interesting. In a special way, Our Lady says, at this time in a special way. What is a special way? A special way I call you. For years I wondered about that. What does she mean? She's been saying this forever. When she calls us and says, I ask you in a special way to pray. I ask you in a special way to sacrifice. Here, in a special way, I call you. What's different when she says, thank you for responding to my call? When she's saying, responded to my call, and she's saying today, in a special way, I call you. Is that different than the, the last month or a month before or 10 years before? Now, our lady's trying to get you into a frame of mind. In a special way, a point of elevation of her answering her call to where you can hear in a different way, a special way, than her just saying, oh, she's just talking about she's going to do something a special way. There's something to that. Why would she add the word special? She wastes no words. She adds no words in there that doesn't need to be said with that significance. Every word has meaning. Maria says when our lady says a word, she feels the definition of the word in her heart. In other words, if our lady says love, she feels love. Our lady sad, she feels sadness. Or if she just says the word sad, she feels that in her heart. The angels mimic that also. 
If she's happy, the angels are fluttering around real happy. If she's tranquil, they're in peace. If she's sad, they're crying. They're watching their queen. They're listening to their queen. We might kind of wa- not watch her, but we sure can listen to her. And yet she says we're not. And she says you speak much and you pray little. So what does this mean in a special way? That word put in there, inserted, she didn't have to do. She could say, in a way, I call you. Or in a way, important way, I call you. No, that's not what she said. She says, in a special way, I call you. What does that mean? A way of a changed life. On a special way. When the bishop asked me to write our roof at the community, I didn't want to write it because I felt it was a violation of what it was that we lived. We were living a special way. We didn't really live by rules. And yes, there were things we went by, but we did that because we wanted to. It was like common law, or what common law used to be. That as cultures develop, they just do things a certain way. And we didn't deviate from that. And that way came from the message. So our lady says, in a special way today, I call you. She calls you through a way of life. We ended up giving this to the bishop. We put in there the rule for him. But what we titled it, when I wrote it, was a way of life in a new time. That's what our rule is. And that's what your future is. If you want to have a future, it doesn't matter whether you started that or not. That will be your future. A way of life in a new time. So in a special way, our lady says, I call you. For you to understand the messages, you need to have your life more and more patterned in a new way of life in this new time. And when you incorporate the messages in your life throughout in fullness, well, you'll never be able to do it in fullness, but in striving toward a fuller way than you are now, you'll be living a special way. And you'll understand the messages when they come your way. So our lady's call is for us to understand in a special way the messages by living a special way. It's up to us for the special way. It's not her personally saying in a special way. Yes, it is in some degree. Because if you respond to the call, you pattern your life, you have your, your life, your schedule, your day schedule with three hours of prayer, monthly confession, prayer, fast, and penance, peace, you'll be able to hear in a special way her message. Her call to you is not voice to voice. Her call to you is through a megaphone. The megaphone is the way of life. You hear it with more clarity, with more projection of her voice into your heart. And that's where she goes from there. And especially I call you, pray with the heart. What does pray with the heart mean? We had the boys, one of them was my son, and another son of the community. Several years ago, was up in the mountains with a horse and with a dog. Their horses. And the dog got on trail for a deer. They ran after this deer. And they ran and they ran and ran. They didn't have any weapons or anything like that other than a knife. But they ran so hard, the horses couldn't get through the brush and where they were on top of the steep side of the mountain. So they decided to get on foot. They were going to play Indians. They continued to chase this deer down. The dog was running. They were running, both, both my son and this other son of the, of the community. 
they ran and ran and ran until they were about to drop. <clears throat> they got to a stream. They drank the water. The dog did too. The deer was getting slower. They were getting slower. But as they ran, one of them dropped out. My son continued. And they could taste blood. They ran beyond what they were able to do. They caught the deer. They were able to use a knife on it. He threw them off. They went further. Uh, the deer broke loose and went further. Another hundred yards. They did this three or four times and got the deer. The dog couldn't even walk hardly. He could hardly walk. The other one who dropped out had gone back to get the horses. They came out of the mountain exhausted. The dog had to be carried on the back of the saddle. But they didn't have the physical ability to do what they did. So when you do something from the heart, it doesn't mean stop when you're exhausted. It means you continue to whatever that goal may be. It may be you want some deer meat, make some deer jerky like they did. And I tell you, they got some self-esteem from this. Not many people can run down a real deer, a spike, a buck at that point, and, and slay it. You know, this is on their memory card. Great achievements. Something to hang your hat on, as the song goes. But what this does was show that you can do things with your capability, with your money, with your talent. But there's a certain point you need to be running with the heart. You need to do it with the heart. And it's the only thing you have left. I had another son that did the same thing, went cross country. He didn't even practice. Everybody practices the whole year. 150 kids, he come at third. The coach couldn't believe it. After the, after the races, he would be throwing up everything because he ran beyond his capability. The coach wanted him to practice, but to practice, he'd have to miss his work. He said, no, I'm going to work, but I'll still run. He took third in the southeast after that. I think that was the number, third, third in the southeast. Every race after that, he ran. He was sick. He ran with the heart. He ran with all his reserve, all his energy, and beyond. The coach even called me when he didn't want to do it the next year. says, this kid's Olympic material. He don't want to run. I says, I know that. He says, but I've never seen anybody like this in 15 years of coaching. He says, this kid can go to Olympics. I'm going to come over there and me and you sit down and talk to him. I said, no, I'm not going to make that his God. I'm more proud that he could run with the heart than winning. This is how life is. So our lady says, pray with the heart. There's times you might not want to be praying. There's maybe times you're exhausted. But our lady still has this expectation. She's pushing you. Push yourself. Go beyond what you think you can. Little children, you speak much and you pray little. We're constantly talking. The cell phone, the texting, the information, the seeking. How much time do we spend? And if you're going to spend as much time with the media equal to what you're reading in sacred scriptures, you're not even balanced. You're not toward God. Pray as much as you, or rather you speak much and pray little. When we fraternalize with other people, we're constantly talking. Our lady actually said to the, to the prayer group one time that when you're with friends, you'd be better off to be praying together than to be talking together. When I read that, I was thunderstruck. What a wonderful message. 
to be fraternalized and always be talking with each other doesn't make you closer. You might think it does. You're sharing. Oh, you're expressing your heart. You think, oh, this is necessary. Our Lady says it's better just to pray together. What happens when you pray together? You go closer in your relationship to Our Lady. The friend goes closer to our relationship with our lady if you're praying the rosary and to God the Father from there and to her son. And if you get closer to them, you're closer with each other. See, we got it all wrong. We don't understand the way we're supposed to be walking. We're supposed to be walking with the son. That's Jesus. Our lady wants to teach us that we've forgotten who God is. We've forgotten his word. Our Lady has told us that Jesus is the light of common sense. And we don't have common sense anymore. We don't know how to really fly spiritually. We don't know how to be walking in the sun, the light. We've wandered so far away, we don't know how to get back. We're not praying for the safe way. We're praying only to be right on our way all the way to the end. What about God's way to the end? So we're supposed to be shining. Our lady said to do this. She said, I encourage you to love so that in God, so that in God, you may find peace and the joy of living. When you walk in the light, the light of common sense, the light of the word, you'll be happy. We've forgotten all these things and how to get to that.
You'd mentioned earlier in the show about uh, how many words are always being spoken. Just just spending any time on the Internet, you get this feeling that it just goes into infinity. Everyone is speaking to everybody else across the world. Everybody has an opinion. Everyone is sharing their opinions. And in the message today, Our Lady says and brings up the fact that these words that are written in sacred scripture bring life. And uh, I don't know if she's ever even used the word written before or wrote in reference to these words, these holy words in the Bible. But I would like you just to, to comment on, I know that you feel very strongly that it is the written word that carries the, the, the power and, and what will last, in, especially in regards to our world today, in which so many things are not written down anymore, but are sort of out there just in cyberspace. And, and what are the importance of, of these written words of, that are found in Scripture? I know we got a break right now. I want to answer that question as soon as we come back. A picture will not suffice. A book will not do. Descriptions are shortcoming. What millions have seen but few understood. It can't be explained. It can only be experienced. Medjugorje. The place where the Virgin Mary comes daily to grace the world with her presence and blessing. Why would one not go to Medjugorje now, in the time when the Holy Mother of Jesus is still present now in the holiest of villages? Medjugorje can only be experienced. Have you yet to live this experience? Or have you gone to Medjugorje and never truly experienced Our Lady? Many are called, but for those who respond, there is no regret. Come now to Medjugorje and be blessed by the Holy Virgin Mary, the Queen of Peace. For over 24 years, BVM Caritas Pilgrimages has guided thousands of people just like you in what many consider the best spiritual format to go to Medjugorje. Founded by a friend of Medjugorje, BVM Caritas knows that a good pilgrimage does not just happen. Sign up today for your Medjugorje encounter with Our Lady. BVM Caritas. Call today in the U.S. 205-672-2000. 672-2000 and ask about your Medjugorje pilgrimage or go to medj.com spelled M-E-J dot com and click on Medjugorje pilgrimages. Your pilgrimage does not begin the day you leave your home. 
It begins today. BVM Caritas Pilgrimages, brought to you by Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Just to paraphrase again, the question is that uh, it seems like the scriptures are words that uh, are found in a sea of words today, a word, words of infinity in, in all the other forms that they take, but only scripture brings life. And um, if you could just comment on what you believe Our Lady is speaking to in this. Well, when you look at apparitions, you look at revelations, and you look at private revelations, they're given in the minimum amount of words. When Jesus taught, often it was very short. Short parables, short teachings. You often see a reading about what the lives of the saints show. There's simplicity. And we live in a complex world with many, many words and many, many things and much information. So we can deduce from this that Satan's always trying to cloud the word, cloud the scriptures, so he fills it with more words and he dilutes it. We came through the 50s with fun songs, songs that really were seen, not like the junk today. And we degraded in the 60s and the 70s into the 80s and now past 2010, we've got so much going on, so much available, that it is that case. And so Satan's plot, his plan is to overwhelm us with information, education. Nothing's wrong with education. But what we're being educated is with knowledge, not with wisdom. We're to be a smart people. We're to be in the know but not in the know as the world goes. And that's what's teaching us. The universities are all off base. Even the Catholic universities. You don't buy that? Then read 30 years of apparitions. Can you download that off Mitch? Download it. Read what the Catholic universities are doing. Or we need them. No, we don't need them. We need Jesus Christ. That's what we need. We need Our Lady. So with this increase of words, we have a decrease of the real word, what we do need to hear. When I got this message, I opened my Bible up and I had a sheet of paper torn out of the missalette that's printed in Oregon, a real leftist Catholic publication that prints. For a long time, they used to write, include the bracketed or exclude the black bracketed for the long form or short form. They reversed that because people complained about it. And now they say include the bracketed for long form and text in parentheses for short form. Okay, this is the short form of a reading. It says, brothers and sisters, okay, is this true? That's where you start with. Reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Philippians 3, 17, 4, 1. So it starts out, brothers and sisters, first lie. There's no sisters in the Bible. There's no sisters in the scriptures in this, in this verse. It's brothers, which included all the sisters. But see, people are so stupid now, they think you've got to say sisters or you're leaving somebody out. So brothers, when the scripture starts off, meant everybody. 
even little girls, and of course boys, because on brothers and sisters, which that's a violation to say sisters, I want to point out again, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await our Savior, or rather we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He would change our lowly body to conform with his glorified body by the power that enables him also to bring all things into subjection to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, that's right in the middle of this reading, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown in this way stand firm in the Lord. Astounding. Wasn't that pretty short reading? This reading is not even long to start with. Why did they even put a bracket in it? How can we have any wisdom to sit there and challenge us and say, you're not even writing the scriptures right? Why do they put this like this? Because they don't want you to see the word. They don't want you to hear the caustic part. They want everything mundane, left, left, liberalized. So let's add the bracketed to the terms. It starts off, join with, this is bracketed, join with others and being imitators of me. That doesn't sound bad. Why can't we imitate Jesus? Because what they're about to tell you in the scriptures are what Paul writes. Then it comes with, to begin with, brothers and sisters. And then it's bracketed again. All this is minus out. Why do we have to leave this out? This is a short reading. Ask yourself this question. It says, and observe those who thus conduct, conduct themselves according to the model you have in us. For many, as I've often told you, and now tell you even in tears, conduct themselves as enemies of the cross of Christ. He's talking about the religious people, their children. This is the religious Paul's talking about. Enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is their shame. Their minds are occupied with earthly things. Okay, now we're going to bracket it. All the bad stuff's been said that we don't know that we're bad, our people are bad, or there's enemies to the cross, even, even people in the church, even some bishops, even some priests, and a horde of Christians. And we go to the nice stuff, unbracketed. Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He should change our lowly body to conform with his glorified body by the power that enables him also to bring all things to subjugation to him. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my love and crown, this is the way. It doesn't even make sense. It's completely neutralized. No power in the word. Look at your missile at this Sunday. See what they do. See what they want to bracket it out. We was at a church a while back, I guess a couple of years ago. Maybe I've talked about this already on the air. And the, the reading was about the sins of the next generations uh, passed on to the next generation. I'll bless you for a thousand generations and I'll curse you for the next four generations. Pretty strong stuff, huh? You think that they're going to let that go by? No, let's bracket that out. So I put my hand up when the priest comes to the podium, the pulpit. And I raise my hand, he says, and he looks up, he says, oh, I have somebody here raising a hand. You know, this is in the middle of Mass, of course, Sunday. 
Actually, it was a Saturday, Saturday evening mass. I said, Father, would you please read the part that was bracketed out that this woman got up there and knocked out of this, the readings? And, and everybody turned around like shocked. How dare somebody do this? Well, I did try to contain myself. I couldn't help it anymore. So I stood up saying this because I was in another position. How dare they take that out? Who do they think they are? That's the word. And I didn't know which way this priest would go. He says, oh, thank you. This is exactly what my homily is about. And when this was knocked out, when this wasn't said, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was sitting here thinking, what am I going to say now? And this priest went on and gave the most powerful, beautiful homily. In fact, we had dinner with him later. After Mass, he says, thank you for doing that. And I always try to contain myself because I said, I think that's me. But that was the Holy Spirit. I couldn't keep quiet about it. Say something to your priest afterwards. Quit those people or stop those people because often it's not even the priest from bracketing this out. Cancel subscriptions. You can buy missiles from somebody else. Don't get it from Oregon, from this leftist organization. That's what's wrong. They don't want you to hear the word. The scriptures talks about this. When I first read Ali's message today, I thought about this reading in Timothy. All scripture is inspired of God and is useful teaching, or rather is useful for teaching, for reproof, correction, and training in holiness, so that the man of God may fully be competent and equipped for every good work. The word is where it's at. Satan don't you want to get, or rather Satan don't want you to get it at. Chapter 3, Timothy, preceding this verse I just read. Against false teachers, our church is full of this stuff. And we're mute. Tell them we're not going to stand for it no more. Take your church back. It says, do not forget this. There will be terrible times. Did you get that? There will be terrible times. We're talking about something in the future. In the last days, men will be lovers of self and money. And this is the word. This is power. This is what would be bracketed out. They won't let you see this. Oh, now, a lot of priests do go ahead and read the whole readings, and, mo- and people do do that. But just the idea that that's in your mis- sitting in the pew gives you a discernment that somebody's got an agenda out there. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedience to the parents, ungrateful, profane, inhuman, implacable, slanderous, lascivious, brutal, hating the good. There will be treacherous, reckless, pompous, lovers of pleasure rather than of God. As they make pretense of religion. See, we're not talking about pagans. As they make pretense of religion, but negate its power. They want to give the reading, but they want to minus out the guts, the real power, the heart of it. It's where our lady is telling us, bypass this stuff. Go to the scriptures. Read sacred scriptures. Dust off your Bible. As they make pretense of religion, but negate its power. Stay clear of them. Don't even associate with these people. Timothy wrote, 
And that's a whole other story. I stood up in mass for that too, to another priest who was teaching that lay people can do the sacraments, even consecrate the host. I did my best to sit still and be quiet. And I kept saying to him, I said, don't say nothing. Don't talk. And then when he says, I, so I just, okay, I said, I'm not going to talk. One of my sons was sitting next to me. So I just pointed my finger at him. And he says from the altar, oh, somebody doesn't agree with me. They're pointing their finger at me. I tell you the truth. Well, that broke it. When he said, I tell you the truth. I says, twisted truth. I screamed this out to the whole church. Everybody turns around again. I said, okay, I said my piece. I'm not saying nothing else. My son sunk into the pew. Just sweet. almost to the kneeler. Like, oh, everybody's looking. I wish dad wouldn't have said that. I didn't say that. The Holy Spirit did. I couldn't contain it. But I'm at peace. Okay, I say I won't say nothing else. I'll go through this stupid heresy that I just heard. And forget it. Walk out. The priest tries to shake my hands. I says, no, I'm not shaking hands with you. It says here in the scripture, I just read to you, stay clear of them. I didn't want to touch the guy. Lightning may strike this man, even if he's a priest. People say, don't talk about your priest. I'm talking about heresy. I'm talking about the action that this man did was not good. He's Jesus, he's Jesus on the altar. That's not a question. But what he said, I make judgment on. Not what God's going to do with him. Not where God's going to send him. Not as a priest, but on his words. And I told him. I said, you're just what Timothy wrote 2,000 years ago. There will come teachers who will tickle their ears and people will wander off the fables. I walked away. The word I gave him, the lightning I struck him with, came true within 10 seconds. I walk out and I, find, I run into somebody I know. And they challenge me. And I say, the truth was manifested well, about people will wander off the fables from these teachers because they tickled their ears. He sits and says, you know, we don't have to be like Pharisees. I said, who's being a Pharisee? He says, well, you mean, you, you know, you can't go just by the letter of the law. I said, what did I say wrong? Show it to me. Show me the word. And he points to the highway. He says, look out there. He says, you're telling me that if somebody had a car wreck and I went out there and had a piece of bread, I asked Jesus to come in and I couldn't give him communion. My mouth dropped. I said, you're, you're in heresy. You're, you're been, you've been listening to this teacher too long. I didn't even answer him. Stay clear of them. These people want to be that way. This verse, chapter 3, continues in Timothy. It is such as they who worm their way into homes and make captives of silly women, burdened with sin and driven by desires of many kinds, Always learning, but never able to reach knowledge of the truth. Isn't that the case of this terrible days we're in? Everybody's always learning. I hear people going 70. Everybody's proud about them. They're going back to university. For what? That's not honorable to me. I don't see an honor that at 65 years old, you're going back to university. To do what? Devote your, well, actually, the scripture says all widows above 60 teach the younger women. That's what you're supposed to do. And you're supposed to be a university spiritually. I repeat that. It's worth repeating. Always learning, but never able to reach the knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jamborees opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth. The universities today oppose the truth. I just got to read about Centurion. They're making light of him calling Satan's attack 
this country and the universities. It's true. But see, they make light of that because they hate truth. They want it bracketed out. They don't want nobody to say that. So they mock them. In the military, when you're ambushed, when they were ambushed in, in Iraq, the tendency is to run. No, don't do that. Run back into it. Run into the ambush and fight back. Confuse them. You lose some men. You may get wounded. That's what persecution is. Don't go away from it. Go back into it with the word. We're not doing that because we're weak. So these men also oppose the truth. With perverted minds, they falsify the faith. But they'll not get very far as those two men. The stupidity. See, you think I shouldn't be saying stupid. Here's, here's, here's the scriptures. God's word. I just said to read. The stupidity of these will be plain for all to see. We've got to realize this stupidity. Like the song we played a while back a couple months ago. They're stupid in the water. People must be drinking it. There's so many people stupid. Paul examples, or rather Paul goes on, he says, You have followed closely my teachings, my conduct. You have observed my resolutions, fidelity, patience, and love, and endurance. That's what he wants us to be. That's who she wants us to be. You know what persecution I have had to bear, and you know how the Lord saved me from them all. We've been through it as a mission for 25 years. Many times I thought I was dead going forward. So much resistance, so many lies, so much slander. But that's an honor. All those things people say is honorable to accept the same path Jesus accepted. In Second Peter, it talks about take joy when you've been given suffering, but you've been given, you've been given a portion of mine. Paul writes, I've had to bear, and you know, I had to bear them all. Anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus can expect to be persecuted. But all the while, men, charlatans will go from bad to worse. Remember, let's go back to the beginning of this chapter. Terrible times. People are going to go from bad to worse. We didn't think it could get this bad in the 90s. And in the beginning of the millennium. And now... And it's just getting worse. Deceiving others, deceiving themselves. You, for your part, must remain faithful to what you've learned and believed because you know who your teachers were. Likewise, from your infancy, you have known the sacred scriptures. You're supposed to be teaching your children sacred scriptures. They're supposed to know these things, they're supposed to be part of their being, not their knowledge. Not their degree in theology. It's this them. From your infancy, you've known sacred scriptures. The source of the wisdom which through faith Jesus Christ leads to salvation. And then it goes at the end of this chapter, what I've already read to you. But listen to the words again to strengthen your heart and your faith. All scriptures is inspired of God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, correction, training in holiness so that the man of God and yes, woman, that means you. And if you understand words and you understand man and mankind, you won't feel hurt because you know that is inclusive of everyone. 
And because we're changing the words by the devil's design, we're exclusion and separating man and woman as two groups when the word man includes everybody. That the man of God may be fully competent and equipped for every good work. Is that not incredible words? And so we have so many signs God's given us to right now. So many different things. I was listening to a commentator on a religious broadcast, and he went through this whole thing, and I, don't, I was really shocked by it. I know I've heard people talk about Tebow playing football, and that he's no good. He sat on the second bench. Anyway, he goes on and explains this whole thing biblically. And from what I understand, he has the sign he gives. At the end of some play he does, or football, or touchdown, or whatever he does, he kneels down and something, they call it a Tebow kneel, I think, or something, when he kneels down on one knee and put his hands on his face. But he's sincere. And that all the media was making fun of him. And they repeatedly did this. But this religious broadcaster is, is a, was saying that it's after each show, I mean, at each football game or toward the end, he pulled it out from nowhere. He threw bad passes. He did everything very bad. And then all of a sudden, he'd come up out of nowhere and win, the, win and steal a show, win the game. He made a touchdown out of nowhere. And, of course, people mocked him. It was just luck the second time, the second game, the third game, the fourth game. This kept continuing. And it's quite remarkable, the story of how he laid it out. And he was saying this, they, when they played this, they played that. God wants us to be relevant. Everything, he speaks to this. There's no doubt in my mind that Tebow, God does something that showed just like David out in the field, was the last one to be chosen. This guy's no good. But because he prays, God makes things happen. And this religious broadcaster was going ahead and saying that actually what's happened is even the people who didn't believe and were mocking it, Knew it had to be something divine. They knew it had to be something of God. This didn't make any sense. And they became muted by this. They said it was just too extreme the way he came out of pulling the games out of nowhere and winning impossible wins. That they started believing there must be something behind this. It must be something divine. And they became where they wouldn't say anything. And so you need to dust your Bible off. You need to realize Jesus is making a lot of touchdowns today. It may be through Tebow. It may be through someone else. It may be through you doing something that's been your name's been ruined and he pulls you back out of shame and pain. God wants winners. Sacred scriptures makes you a winner. You've got to walk that way. Dust off the Bible. Put it in a visible place in your home, our lady says. Our lady says you must read the scriptures. Clean it. Dust it. Read it. It will tell you what to do. Dusted off my Bible today Read the words and read Yeah, every word he said He talked about forgiveness And a better way and I raised my hands above my head And I said Touchdown, Jesus Touchdown, Jesus There was a little girl Just down the street Praying for a miracle, but running out of hope. Some stranger was an angel, and he gave her what she needed. You ought to see her today, that was ten years. 
And so it is. We have a special message our lady gave on June 25th, 1991. A profound message. This was the 10th anniversary. To understand the message, you have to realize we knew that we couldn't go on beyond 10 years. Everybody in the Medjugorje world was saying this has to be 5th anniversary, 6th anniversary, 7th. We thought it can't go continue. We, we all thought it was going to end. We had a formation of thought to realize and nobody's even saying it today. I believe very strongly it's going to be 40 years. I see this. Uh, after this 10th anniversary, I begin to see how he's going to be here with us a long, long time. I begin to write about that 40 years. But now nobody even sees us. they just grown accustomed. She's here. Nobody discusses. But our lady's come to lead us out of the desert. She wants us to read the scriptures to see where we need to go. And so on this 10th anniversary, several significant things happened. One is Yugoslavia broke up on that anniversary that day. The 10th anniversary. 
communism began to fall apart in Yugoslavia. They became an independent country. And war started. See, we don't understand war. We always think it's always bad. The object of every war is a more perfect peace. If it's a just war, that's what you're supposed to do. War is not something good we want, but sometimes war is necessary. When we're hearing the U.S. bishops saying that our religious liberty is under assault, this is war. The words of the harvest are going out right now. We'll put it on next week. You need to read this from the heart. And I'm not finished with it. I'm going to add more to it, turn it into a small book in the next couple of weeks. But we're under assault. We've lost our way. But on this anniversary, June 25th, 91, our lady says, Today is a great day, which I have, been, I have given to me, or has been given to me. I desire to bless all of you and say, These days while I'm with you are days of grace. Remember, they declared independence that day. Croatia did from Yugoslavia. So great day, she's referencing that, but also it's applicable to later in time when we use it for whatever. These days are the days that I'm with you as days of grace. I desire to teach you and to help you to walk on the path of holiness. There, there are many, and this is the important part, there are many people who do not desire to understand my messages. It is, she didn't say they do not understand. She said they do not desire to understand my messages and to accept them with seriousness of what I'm saying. But you, I therefore call, in other words, those who are living a special way, who are strange in their life, little by little, minute by minute. I therefore call and ask you to live your lives and your daily living, your witness of my presence. If you pray, God will help you to discover the true reason for my coming. Therefore, little children, pray, read the sacred scriptures, so that through my coming, you discover the message in sacred scripture for you. There is a message for you in the sacred scriptures. There's a message that will show you in sacred scripture why she's coming. This is the second most important time in the history of the world. Christ won this second. Because Christ has triumphed with the cross. And our ladies come for our triumph in this her time that she's identified as her time. That's the special scriptures. That's the special message. Read it and it'll come to life for you if you don't understand it. But we don't understand many things. We think life is so cheap. I remember being in high school. They they were fighting. The leftists was fighting against the death penalty. Just like those people who today are fighting against the death penalty or for abortion. Almost all of them are for abortion. The catechism says we can have the death penalty. And I struggle with this because everybody and everybody was after this in the Catholic high school, there was all, oh, you can't be for the death penalty. And yet something inside me said, this isn't right. God sent his son as the only just sentence that he could have to pay for our sins with his death penalty. They say, oh, well, suppose somebody gets executed as innocent. Well, Jesus was innocent. He didn't complain. This is injustice. This is social justice. We got to bring everything back. Social justice. That's not the way it works. We're all sinners. Christ went to death. Do we not pay a penalty for anything? There's nothing today that you can be executed for. There's no sin. Our crime so serious that there's no giving of your life for it. That's cheap. You have a cheap value of life. 
When we say that there's nothing can be done and we want to erase everything that you can't pay, the highest price can be paid is that of your life, then we're saying life's cheap. Go execute a thousand people. How do you want to mutilate Whatever you want to do. We won't execute you. We'll feed you and put you in prison the rest of your life. Oh, yes, we're to bring people to conversion. We're to bring them to Christ. But where's our common sense? Read scriptures. You won't think that way. We've gotten away from the Bible. I don't mean Old Testament, tooth for the tooth. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about merciful love. But the culture has a right to protect itself. No one executes anybody. The person executes himself. Laws in place for these reasons. And so when people were saying, when people were holy, when culture was holy, they knew there was crimes that were committed, that you didn't get out of jail in two years or five years or even 20 years for. And so we have now a warped idea of what is real truth. And we think society can't even go to take people to the death chair. There's never a reason for that. So many people have been saved by that, including the book I just wrote, uh, last book, Ain't Gonna Happen, about Claude Newman, who was saved through this sentence on death row. Caused him to have a confrontation with God. He didn't even know who Jesus was. But he died a glorious death. And that death brought him right to a lady. And you read the book, you can't argue with it. It saved him. And so... We've got to realize things have changed. What's happened to us in the last hundred years? What would our forefathers think? What did our lady say? say? The dream of your forefathers. We don't have any dreams anymore. We don't know them anymore. We don't know how we are we're supposed to even operate anymore.
out of prisons now Yes, sir, I'm afraid it's so Cause they're overcrowded And it was only his fifth offense Yeah, and this time he's killed someone Does that make any sense? Now my lawyer called me about a nuisance case Cause everybody sues over any little thing We think things today are gray that can be a little of this, a little of that. It's because we listen to Satan. He's the debater. Or they said, don't debate. Jesus always told the demonics to be silent because words confuse. People need to go to the scriptures. They need to go to the light so they can see truth. Understanding this truth, they can understand how clearly it is to see with clarity and to follow what the catechism even teaches. Even what the song Mr. Lincoln was talking about. Life's so cheap that you can there's nothing you can do that you must pay with the highest price that you personally have. Not your wealth, anything else, but your life. Society is cheap in life. How do you have a mark on society? How do you have a mark? And how do you lead this world? And people say, I was here. Next to Peter in Rome, next to his grave, the closer you get, they say buried near Peter. You know, they, he left a mark. In other words, I was here. I followed Peter. I was by Peter, the first pope. So be, to be buried next to Peter, to be close to Peter, Left your mark. Did I could carve your name in a tree? And so what's going to happen with your life? If you want to be left, if you want to leave a mark, you read the scriptures and put them into your life. That's what the messages are about. It's the echo of the word. To show us how to understand the word and put them in life. That's where I started with. My conversion before started actually with before Medjugorje. Getting into the word. Read the scriptures. There's nothing contradicts in that except contradicting the present way of the culture. So our way of life, our way of life in a community is scriptural based. Simply, yes. And what's wrong with us in the last hundred years is we got away from the grand way of life. Mr. Lincoln, President Lincoln, was underneath that way of life. All the culture was. 
It's critically important that we grasp that. So that you can say, I was here. Not with your voice, but with what you left with your life. A hundred years from now, who doesn't want to make an impact on the culture for the good? Would they be able to say that about your life? You dig into the scriptures, put it into the word, into your life. You'll be left on this earth with the memory. The people will say they were here. Just as a pebble dropped into the pond, ripples out to the edge, you affect people 200 years from now from your goodness. Even if they don't know your name, remember the angels have recorded it. It'll be known in heaven. Some of the early martyrs, we don't know who they are. But everyone will know what they did in the great deeds and look at them in wonder with their crowns of virtue and holiness. Do you want that? Get into the scriptures and turn it into life. You'll be noticed if you do that.
Stalin spoke of the people who were the masses as useful idiots, those who he could use to go his way. They weren't reading the scriptures. In the song you heard, Mr. Lincoln, he called, or whether it was called, a rheumatic fool. So either way, you can be a useful idiot not reading the scriptures, or you can be a romantic fool and look at the times of the past and long for them, for love, for the love of God, and to live love. We love you. We wish you, Our Lady. Goodbye.